amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Kaylin Patterson, Midwest Muscle P4P Real Talk in your earlobes and eardrums and in your minds, people. Yes, I'm in there. You can't get me out. This show is this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's chit chat with a banter. Des will be joining us soon. She's running a little behind with some errands and things with her chillings. But we have a great show. We have a great guest. And people, you've been asking me, and now we finally have on the show, we have Miss Cindy Blumenthal. She's been working with the children that I've been helping along the way this year. A lot of the motivation I've had with uh, preparing for the competition have just been understanding that I can't let these children down. Well, this is that woman that basically asked me to come on board and see if I could help bring them about, give them a role model or a positive role figure that they can look up to. And thankfully, and thank God, I haven't let them down so far. Cindy, introduce yourself. Let us know what you do, and let's get this show started. Well, thanks, Kaylin, for having me. I really appreciate it. So my name is Cindy Blumenthal, and I'm the current program director for the Near West Side Community Development Corporation. And I, uh, (laughs) right? And so uh, we serve, we actually uh, redeveloped the old Henry Horner homes. So if anyone's familiar with the old public housing developments in Chicago, we're situated between Ashland and Western, and then our uh, north-south boundaries would be Lake to Madison or around Jackson. We have units within that uh, catchment area. So we uh, have about 600 units of low-income housing uh, where families pay about 30% of their overall income toward that housing. So if they don't have income, they pay zero. And then we have another probably 600 units of affordable housing and another 600 units of market rate housing. So it's considered a mixed income development. So um, I actually, prior to coming to the near West, spent about 10 years working for the Chicago housing authority. So most of my career has been working with uh, families who live in low low income housing. So part of what we do, we, we have services that range from, we call it cradle to grave, which sounds pretty crass, but We do provide services from uh, zero to five. You know, we do a lot of early learning, detection, delays, links to Easter seals to remediate. We're finding out the younger you can catch a kid's issues, the better off. You don't want a young person starting off in kindergarten uh, with delays. So sometimes families of low income don't always have the best prenatal care, so we do a lot to Mm -hmm. connect them to uh, services. 
And then we have our six to 12 year olds, which is primarily where Kaylin has kind of helped me. Um, we've named our little group train hard, raise the bar. It's kind of our catchphrase that we want kids to train hard um, and raise their own bar. So we've been trying to set some goals around just mind, body, spirit. How do you build a different life for yourself? So uh, Kaylin's come out and done some kickboxing and we've done some working out. Carly also has been a big uh, influence for the kids. We've actually found out through this partnership that uh, we had an opportunity to go to one of the local grade schools and in some of the inner city schools that are public, uh, we found out that they only now have gym class once a week. So kids are only accessing gym class once a week, which was really a surprise to kind of all of us, um, including the poor gym teacher we met who um, was really outdone with the fact that kids don't get out and play like they used to, and they're not even really playing um, in school the way they used to. So it's really important that we help the kids understand the importance of, um, you know, getting oh, Okay, hold them. on, Cindy. Hold on. Um, yep. This is quite you shocking cut me off for a lot of listeners. Yeah, well, no, no, it's uh, just the, the, the look of shock and the wow emojis that we're getting. Uh, they're very surprised at what you just said. So I'd like you to reiterate what you just said because I was there and I I know what you're saying is factual because I was witness to it. So repeat that and then we'll get back to what you were saying. Yeah, so we actually had an opportunity to go in and do a boot camp for a local grade school. So they have one through eighth grade there. The principal allowed uh, Carly and uh, Kaylin to come in and do some work with uh, some of their seventh and eighth graders. And we found out <clears throat> from the gym teacher that that most grade schools now at the Chicago Public Schools only offer gym class one time per week for one hour. So whereas our youth, you know, when I grew up, you had to go to gym class every day and we had a pool yep. and some other, you know, venues to be able to uh, actually get some exercise. The other thing kind of to piggyback on that is that because our neighborhoods are a little bit, you know, can be unsafe at times. uh, It's also like we used to be able to ride our bikes around the neighborhood or get out and run and play Mm -hmm. with your friends. Um, Parks have become problem areas for us in the communities that we work in because the guys kind of tend to congregate in parks because you can't move uh, criminal activity or even uh, the way that the rules are set up now, it's difficult to move people off parks because they're considered public areas. So sometimes uh, people who are doing the most, you know, noble things are hanging out at the park. And it really deters the kids from getting even on the playground equipment and being able to, you know, do the things that we did as kids in some of our, you know, if you have listeners that are in the suburbs, that may be more common for kids who grew up in the city. So it's just interesting um, to try and help the kids find venues where they can work out. Uh, Through this also, we also kind of learned through visiting a couple of the local community centers that having a gym that's in a a low-income facility or non-for-profit facility is a little bit difficult because of the insurance riders that are required uh, for kids to have, like, like weights and some things where they could get hurt. So it was just interesting to see that there are, you know, some weight rooms that were understaffed where they didn't have trainers, and then there are other places that have gyms but no weight equipment. So it was just yes. interesting how the dynamic is um, in kind of low-income neighborhoods. Yeah, and there's a, a, like you said, there's a lot of things 
where it looks good on paper, but when you actually show up to the facilities, there's a lot of questions, doubts, and concerns for the children and the adults that are participating. One of the things that really shocked me, and obviously it's shocking our listeners because they're just still blown away by the fact that there's only one hour of, of gym for the whole week, one, this one's coming from Trisha, then how do the children get out all that excessive energy that children are known to have? Uh, Cindy, I'll let you take this one, and then I'll, I'll piggyback. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, and we, we wonder that ourselves. That's why we're trying to create these venues for kids to be able to come into our facility at minimum. Um, we have uh, access to a gym. <clears throat> we also do uh, walking groups at Union Park. Um, we do that with both our youth and our seniors. Um, we're trying to figure out if there's ways we can partner with the local weight rooms to help facilitate some of that. We do have partnerships with the park district. Union Park is a big one. They have a community pool, but the kids can only use that, you know, obviously during the warmer months. We have been um, partnering with the new Blackhawks uh, practice uh, stadium. And the Blackhawks Foundation has actually donated skate time to us. So we've been trying to get the kids on the ice to learn how to ice skate. So we really do rely on community partners and other uh, uh, people to kind of help us figure that out. Uh, one of Brian, who uh, helps, you know, with the Windy City Classic, has a gym on the north side. And he actually offered to allow some of us to come and work out at his gym, which was a really High cool opportunity. It. Yeah. Because of obviously kids can't afford trainers, they don't have the money for sometimes private memberships. The park district has really great facilities, but um, again, they're overcrowded because of the fact that they're free. So one of the things that has been really helpful is either coming on site and helping train the kids on our property or really offering us the opportunity to bring a group uh, to different gyms. I think we went to Willpower, too. What was Will's uh, yes. uh, gym? We went as well, and that was really cool also. We were able to take a group of kids and just even show them the equipment. A lot of that stuff was new for them, and so uh, while we couldn't actually get on the equipment again for insurance purposes, it's just really difficult with littles. We call them littles. With the little ones, um, we're just trying to build these. Um, like, why is it important to work out? You know, and the other thing with you guys being all natural, which is really kind of probably surprising because it's a segue into having that conversation about a lot of our kids in the inner city feel like smoking weed and marijuana and doing these things are not any big deal. Um, but it really does have the conversation about why you shouldn't put anything unnatural in your body, right? Like your body cannot yeah. run if it doesn't have the right fuel. So that's been a conversation that we've been able to have, uh, opening up some dialogue around that, just because you guys are kind of all natural. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it opens the door, but it's also the understanding that, you know, we're not sugarcoating. We don't have to basically hide anything. We can be very open and very honest because, you know, uh, I, I've just never done drugs and it just didn't see a purpose or point to it. And they're in an environment where they're about around it every day, and it's basically normal. I put that in quotes, air quotes, because it is their normal, even though it might not need to be normal in society. I know it's becoming more prevalent uh, with the uh, 
with the onset of legalizing drugs. But even still, with children, this shouldn't be something that's considered uh, normal as they're growing and their bodies are developing. Anything that's introduced is going to alter or change their body chemically, uh, psychologically, and physiologically. So, you know, we, we have to be, we still have to have an interest and a concern for children. And I'm surprised that uh, the lack of concern it seems to be coming from so many, especially when people are always asking, you know, like, why isn't more being done? What well, it takes people like Cindy and, and people like, uh, like the Blackhawks. Uh, group that are setting up in the environment to help because the children cannot do it on their own. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, is a big issue, not just in Chicago, but with most children in general, is that, you know, if they're not my problem, I don't see the problem. So there is no problem. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. So now uh, one of this one's coming from uh, Dave, and Dave's asking, you know, what's your contact information or what can people do to assist in, in endeavors like this if they can't actually get to the area or help in Chicago because a lot of our listeners don't live in Illinois. So, you know, how can they help? Is there any way to go about uh, getting the word out, and how do they contact you? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely share my contact information. Also, I would just say that there's a lot of different ways that people, I think, could get connected, either – through their local park district or uh, maybe even through local community centers. I mean, community centers are usually typically underfunded and park districts are funded by villages or counties or uh, other, you know, municipalities that are government funded. So they are always looking for ways to partner with folks. So, I mean, even just offering to go into a school and talking about like why it's important to, to, to body build. I mean, I feel like, too, just exposure. Like, uh, Kalen, you know, some of the kids, when they come up to Kalen and he's like, are your muscles real? And, you know, they're, just, <laughs> they're, not, they're not exposed to that, you know? So um, just exposure and talking about, you know, even health and nutrition and some of those things where, you know, we might not be getting the word out uh, to people in Chicago or wherever you are. You could still go to your local community center or your local school and just say, hey, look, uh, I'm inspired. I want to try and help. Is there something, is there some way we, you could work me in? I'm sure there's a health teacher out there or a physical ed teacher that would be more than happy to have you come in and do a boot camp with their kids. I mean, the kids loved it. And the school that we went to, the kids, uh, the feedback that we got from the kids was that it was super fun. You know, it was engaging. We did wheelbarrow races, which, you know, worked the core. And we did a lot of different things that weren't really like just you know, basic exercises, but more like relay races and fun stuff that uh, you didn't need equipment that kids could potentially redo when they got home or out in the park or, you know, kind of recreate those situations on their own. So I I feel like it is valuable. And I think you guys have a lot to offer. I mean, and if you, you know, just, just connect with someone locally, that's what I would recommend. And I have no problem sharing our webpage. I don't know how we do that, Kalen, if it's something that we do over the radio or if it's something that you post on the, on the webpage, but I could definitely we share my information. We can do all of the above, but I'll definitely be uh, posting that with the link that we shared for this. So you can go ahead and give it out over the air and then uh, we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll actually share it to our pages as well. Yeah. And I don't know what the best way to do it. Our webpage is um, um, near 
me let me just give you the right web page because we have two. Um, the one that we use right now. Let me just make sure I give you the right one because we had an issue with some problems with our old site, so we started a new one. That's at. Hold on. It's at Near West Side CDC is our Facebook page. And I'm actually mm-hmm. Kaylin's friend. I'm on the Natural Bodybuilders friend also. So, I mean, you can find me there. It's under Cindy Blumenthal. That's my my handle, so to speak. And then my um, my email is Cindy B, just my first and name and my last initial, at nearwestsidecdc.org. So it's my organization, Near West, all under, you know, lowercase and all one word near westsidecdc.org cindyb and we'll be sharing that information as well Des you there I am here hello 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 sorry I'm late guys but so glad to be here exciting to hear more about this program that you guys have created and that has really taken off and is doing such good things for these kids. So Cindy, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks for being here. And, you know, I'm going to jump in right away with a question. And this one is from Carl and he's asking, can bodybuilders truly be that much of a help with at-risk children? What are you guys thoughts? I think, well, I think anyone can be helpful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of times people want to help but don't know exactly what to do. And um, I think anyone who really truly wanted to help, there's a, there's a ton of ways you could get involved. Um, bodybuilders, for sure, I feel like could be good role models just because I feel like you show the dis- – I mean, to be a bodybuilder, you have to be disciplined and you have to be committed and you have to be at your craft and you have to have goals. Whether they're short-term or long-term goals, some of our kids just need help. And what are my goals? I don't even know how to get to my goals. So even in just mentoring a kid or sitting down with a kid for an hour and saying, how, did I, how do you do what you do? How do you get to the point where you've taken your craft to the ultimate, right? So I think even just helping them goal set and figuring out how to be committed and what they're passionate about. I think, too, like I had mentioned before, just exposure and exposing kids to different things and different cultures and different, you know, we've talked about taking kids to different gyms, but, I mean, there's a lot of people that have connections with different people who go to their gym. Kids are always looking for different career paths. Um, One of the things Mm -hmm. I think is interesting is, you know, owning a gym or being an entrepreneur, you know, or if you know an entrepreneur or a gym owner that could come and talk to a kid about, look, you know, I started this in my basement and it turned into this great opportunity and here's how you could start your own business. So I think there's hundreds yes. of ways. It's just diet, nutrition, um, education, uh, you know, all of those things. I mean, if someone wanted to be a mentor to a kid, even just checking in with a kid on a text, like, hey, how you doing today? How, how's it going with school or whatever? I mean, just that light touch even is helpful if someone knows they care. And maybe, you know, they say if one person has someone who just cares about their day and checks in with them, it could be as simple as that. So I think there's hundreds of ways. And I do think that any, anybody could be impactful, but um, especially people who know how to set goals and are committed and know how to have that drive to really uh, change their life. And 
you know, Kaylin shared with uh, some of the kids that he used to be really puny. And that was hard for them to believe <laughs> that you're this big guy now. But I think it is a testament to what can change in your life. Like you're starting at a point now, but you could be something totally different tomorrow. So I think there's tons of life lessons. And I, I think that, you know, everybody who's out there, you know, I feel like if you need a, a, a creative way to get involved, you could definitely contact me. Awesome, awesome. Kaylin, thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to start with the basic and then just go from there because, like, the one thing Cindy touched on is the mindset. You know, before you even get to skill set, there's the mindset. So you're taking children that have seen the worst of the worst on a daily basis. Some of them have seen even worse than that. And then you bring them into an environment where there's no hustle. There's no way or scam. There's no drugs. That alone is, is, is mind-blowing to some of these kids. And then you have the understanding that I'm not here to hurt you. I don't want anything from you. I actually want to help you. That's a whole different mindset. Now we get into the skill set that not only do I not want to hurt you, but I can show you something that will make you a success in life. These are things that, you know, we take for granted because we grew up in it. And year after year, this is what was acceptable in our lives, and, and, and we saw it being done day in, day out by not just one adult, but gatherings of adults. You know, you figure if you're going to the family uh, work picnics and, and, and family work something or something that involves groups, and all of them have the same mindset and same skill set, and you have children that are basically growing up in drug-infested drug communities, gangbangers, uh, you know, prostitution. There's, there's so much that's happening in their environment, and they're basically doing everything to survive. And when you talk about being a success, well, their success is living. And then you take that, take them out of that mindset and bring them into a mindset with a skill set. Like when we went to, to Will Power and all the information that he was providing. And here's a total stranger that's speaking life into these children. And at first they like they were laughing and, you know, they like didn't trust him. And then they realized he wasn't letting go. He wasn't giving up on him. And then you had them raising their hands and, 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 and jumping in and wanting to be the one to answer that question because they knew they weren't going to be ridiculed, made fun of. You know, if they tried to, to mock each other, Cindy would shut it down. These are environments that they're not used to, and, and there's going to be food after this, and, and they can eat as much as they want, and they're not going to be chastised for, for filling their belly. I mean, th this stuff really hurt. I mean, it, the first time I engaged with them, I spent the whole ride home crying because I realized just how neglected some of them are, not all of them. I'm not saying every child that was in that group was being totally neglected. That's, that would be a lie. But some of them just didn't have an, a, tr a, a, a true understanding of people that were engaging in their lives to truly help and assist them be, be just children, much less adults later on, but just be a child yeah. now and enjoy being a child. Me, Go ahead, Cindy. And let me piggyback on that because I think it's important for people to understand, you know, like a lot of the folks that, you know, there's a misnomer about public housing that, People just don't want to work. So I just want to be clear. Chicago has a work requirement. So families are required to work 30 hours per week. 
So you either have to be working or moving towards work, which means you have to be in school or you have to have a documented disability. So a lot of the kids that we see um, have had parent, maybe parents that have passed away and grandma's trying to raise them. Or we yes. have kids who are growing up with parents who have significant mental health issues that are poorly treated by pretty much all you know, health institutes haven't figured out real good solutions for mental health issues. So um, a lot of, you know, kids have parents that have had cancer and they end up in public housing mm -hmm. because they have been very sick. So, you know, we're, we're not talking about people who are just lazy or no good. We're talking about people who've been down on their luck. Um, and the kids are just kind of, you know, victims of their circumstances. They didn't choose to be in that environment. Um, and like Kaylin said, sometimes we are the meal that they get for the day, or we are, you know, not because uh, parents don't care, but there is uh, situations where kids are latchkey and they have to let themselves in, or, you know, it's just their parents are sick or had to end up in the hospital that day. You know, there, and there is a lot of substance abuse. And there are some kids who do have um, gang-affiliated family members. So it, run, it runs the gamut, but... What we think is that if you can get a kid early and young and help them understand there are different pathways they can take, um, you know, like to Kaylin's point, they just need that little bit of encouragement. They might not be seeing it at home. Some kids, you know, we've had kids who, who've fallen off and, and hit the streets and don't want to go home just because they don't want to see their mom on an LVAD wire, you know. So it's not like people are you know, choosing to be in poverty all the time. That's, that's kind of a falsehood. Uh, so a lot of the folks we have are seniors raising grandchildren for whatever reason. You know, mom takes off with um, the food stamps and then the kid and the grandma are just trying to survive and grandma's already too old to work. So there's just a lot of different circumstances that, um, you know, again, we're not we're not even asking for money. We're just asking for people to say, hey, I understand the situation. I understand the circumstances. I'm not going to judge you to Kalen's point. I'm just going to, you know, give you a little bit of encouragement if that's, that's all you might need for one day. Wow. I mean, this, we're getting comments. This one is from Dale, and he says this story is depressing and mind-blowing at the same time. And, and you know, Dale, it kind of really is. It is an eye-opener. I mean, depending on where you live, um, you know, we all get busy in our day-to-day, -day and we really don't see what's happening outside of our little suburbia. We might see it in the news or, you know, different things like that, but it's always something that happens over there. But there are situations like this everywhere, regardless of what size community you might live in. Sometimes there are people working the system, and there are sometimes, and a lot of times there are just people that just need help from the system, like Cindy is describing. Um, Brenda, you were wondering what a latchkey kid is. I was a latchkey kid. Um, it's where kids come home and they have the keys to the house because there's no one home to greet them because mom and dad are at work. And so they're at home either by themselves or usually with brother and sister holding down the fort until an adult can get there. So that is a latchkey kid. Um, Cindy and Kaylin, if you have any other definition for that, go ahead and share that with us. But that's that's my understanding because no, that was, that's was my situation. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, yes. I think that some people run into problems with older siblings. You know, they'll, they'll get a kid who might be truant or not in school, but it's typically because they had to stay home and care for a younger sibling. So I think there's yep. a lot of misunderstandings about kids that are in poverty. And so 
you shy away or you think they're all dangerous or if you see a kid with a hoodie on, you're like a little afraid to approach. But I mean, my kids are awesome. They're all really smart and talk about resilient kids. I mean, like Kaylin said, I'm on the near west side of Chicago in North Mondale. They're probably two of the roughest neighborhoods. So, yeah. So, again, these kids are amazing. They still manage to get good grades and go off to college and do, you know, most of them, you know, there's a handful that I have a problem with. And, you know, those are the kids that sometimes, you know, I get really frustrated because I feel like my philosophy is if you offer kids opportunities, they're going to make changes. But some of the trauma we actually just got done working with um, Ann Smith, who uh, does neurofocused training. She's brilliant. She does uh, drum beats and basically brain beats, it's called. And we had a group of kids because they've experienced a lot of trauma in the neighborhood. Um, she, at one time, they thought that the brain couldn't change, that the neuroplasty of the brain couldn't change. But what she's finding is that there are pathways that are in your brain, and when you experience trauma, it becomes like wet mud, and then it turns into a rut. And you try to get out of that trench of thinking, but sometimes you can't. So what we've been doing is what's called therapeutic drumming, and we use instruments and other music and other ways of helping. It's not about them about creating like rap songs or music. It's really about changing the neuroplasticity of the brain or changing those neural pathways so that kids who've experienced trauma can actually help rebuild the brain, almost like picking off a scab and trying to get that uh, mind to think in a different way. So it goes pretty deep. Like um, a lot of times in the neighborhoods, you'll have someone who's shot or killed, who's very young. Um, We recently had a 13 and 14 year old who were injured. They weren't killed, but it did create a lot of trauma in the neighborhood. So we had counselors on site. We do a lot of, um, you know, therapeutic stuff with uh, kids in the neighborhood so that you know, it's not just about body, but it's also about mind. So there's just, there's all yes. kinds of different ways of um, helping kids deal with adrenaline and deal with, you know, like someone had asked before, how do you work that out? There's, you know, there are things we are trying to do to help kids um, deal with a lot of, you know, heavy stuff. Very much so, very much so. Um, now, I think this next question, you guys kind of, addressed or started to address two questions ago, but we'll, we're going to circle back around to it and see if there's anything additional that we can add to this. This one's from Jacob, and he's asking, how can people get more involved with children who don't really want to trust adults in the first place? Yeah, and you got to find a person who they already trust and get an in. I mean, when I first started working, uh, I, like I said, I, I came from the Chicago Housing Authority I actually was part of the plan for transformation where we tore down all of the old high rises. So I was in every single neighborhood, Robert Taylor, um, Rockwell, and there were always a key person. Yeah. Cabrini. I, I closed them all. And then we actually were lucky enough for 10 years and became the senior regional manager. Once we rebuilt, I got to help move people back in. So it was really rewarding for that 10 years, but one of the interesting things, there's always, there's always a key person in the community who knows. And what, one of the guys that was um, at Rockwell um, where it was pretty notorious, like they would deal drugs right in front of the elevators. I mean, they were terrible buildings. There was a courtyard in the back and there were like four buildings facing a courtyard. So once you got back there, you really couldn't see. So his name was, uh, his name was Mr. Eddie, but they called him Sly Dog Eddie. And he took me around to everybody in the neighborhood. And at that time, 
he got me an in, right? So there's always that one person. Like, Kalen got an in because everybody knows me. So they're calling yeah. him Sergeant Slaughter because they think it's hilarious that he comes <laughs> out and works in Hollywood. So um, basically, you got to have an in, and, you know, that's why I'm saying if you can connect with someone at your community center, there are probably people at your gym who do social work. You know, there's ways to connect. That person is going to get you in the door, right? So, yeah, I wouldn't suggest walking up on a public housing development. That's a terrible idea um, because if you don't, they don't know who you are, you know, that's just, that's just probably not good practice, obviously. But um, there's always someone like Fly Dog Eddie that could get you in the back door. Gotcha. Well, I think <laughs> Shelly was asking, are those places bad? And I don't know that. I'll classify them as bad, but you you want to be cautious if it's not your environment. <laughs> I mean, oh. yeah, at a minimum. At a minimum. At a minimum. If it's not your environment, they don't know you, you don't know them, you just might not want to just get charging on in there without having an in, as Cindy, as Cindy was uh, saying there. Um, let's see here. Got to get back on track. Lots of good information being shared. Okay, this question is from Linda Cindy. She's asking, how do you deal with such depressing situations in children and keep your head up and stay positive? Oh, my word. Yeah, good question. I pray a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my knees most of the time. So I feel like that is one challenge where every person who works in any kind of field, like a police officer or a paramedic or people who are responding to trauma or are in situations where things are rough. You do have to learn how to take care of yourself. So I work out too, um, you know, and that's again why I feel this is so important to bring back to the bodybuilding community because that is one of the ways I get my stress out. I like to punch the punching bag. I like to lift weights. I like to get on the treadmill. I like to listen to my music and just like block out. Um, and I think everybody needs to find that self-care and be able to take care of themselves. We do a lot of debriefing with my team. I have a pretty large team. Um, and so we do a lot of, um, you know, just checking in with each other. Uh, but it is, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch kids that don't have a lot of say so go through some things. But uh, again, that's why I feel like the working out is a whole, that on a whole nother level for me in particular is an outlet where I can um, kind of regroup myself. All right. Awesome. Kaylin, I mean, you're in there too. Thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, first, uh, the housing projects that uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm surprised she made it out alive, so I know she had it in because those were the, the really bad, bad community. They used to be on the news all the time for something going on, and I know it was like sometimes the police would circle the community but never really go in. Uh, my dad was a, a cop up in that region, so we used to hear some of the horror stories that used to happen and they would have to, I mean, like everyone was considered an outsider if you didn't live in that area. So it's really, it's really an eye opener. And I don't think a mainstream society would truly get the grasp of what was going on in those areas and why they had to be uh, basically torn down because there was just so much going on and it was in the news every single day uh, the, the 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 depressing part I mean Cindy's got a great support team uh, she's been really good at what she does and it, you know it, it takes its toll sometimes but she she reaches out 
and she makes sure that she keeps her head on because she realizes, you know, there's so many children that are basically being supported by her. So it, it's not really a lot of pressure, but it is a lot of focus, and it, it takes a lot of passion for that to happen. So she has to be a passionate woman. And, of course, her heart's going to be in, in what she's doing because you're talking about actual human beings, especially children. And, you know, I don't think anyone that has a heart would ever want to see a child broken. I mean, you, you, you're always going to have sadness in your life, especially children, because they're always learning about society, community, and everything else, and, and family. And, and some of the times the, their own family members are the ones that are, are, are trying to hustle them because, you know, they're, they're kids. And they're they're getting yeah. help from people in the city, so they might think they have a, a a little setup with the kids. So you know, there's always something going on in their lives. And like I said, the the children are being asked to be more adult than some of the adults that are supposed to be taking care of. So it's it's a lot going on. There's a there's so many dynamics that it it, it would almost make your head explode. And I know, like I said, when just from the first initial meeting. You know, you're talking about a 40-minute drive, and I just got tears coming out of my eyes. I'm hoping I don't wreck the car because my eyes are swelling up so bad. Then that was just from one day of dealing with them. I, I was, I think I got on the the phone and 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 called Cindy, and then I messaged her uh, some days after that, trying trying to find out how I keep my sanity. You know, and and, and that was just one day. So I know that she's going through an awful lot. It's not easy. You definitely got to have a passion to do it. You definitely have to have a passion to do it because if you're just there and not really caring or concerned, the children see it immediately. They are not fooled. They will see right through it. Yeah, and the other thing too, Kaylin, I just want to say is that it's also super rewarding because we do a lot of great things. We have a city colleges partnership, so our kids all get to go to city colleges for two years for free. We have scholarship opportunities. We do a take flight initiative here. We actually help kids who've never been to college to get suitcases. Um, This all stems from uh, a young woman who came into our organization who had went to college with a black plastic bag because she didn't have anything to pack her clothes in because she was living in kind of low-income situation. And she said she didn't want other college students to have to do that. So we do a take flight, which is a send-off, like a trunk party that we do for our kids. So they all get sent off with new sheets and alarm clocks and things that they would need to be successful in college. So on top of some of the rough stuff we see, we get to see a lot of great, awesome success stories. So um, there are people, you know, we do, we've got a hundred kids working right now. So our summer youth employment program employed a hundred kids all across the city. And we've got great reviews coming from lots of different employers about kind of their work ethic. We spend a whole week doing training um, with the youth. So there, while it's really difficult, I think that people can and do make an impact. Whether you know it or not, even if it's planting a seed, people always make a difference, and they do. So, and Kaylin's right, if you're genuine and you really do care, kids are going to see that, and they are going to recognize it. And there are some really amazing success stories if you just get involved. And there you have it. So this, just lots of comments rolling in, not so much questions, although we do have a few, but I'm going to try and roll through some of these comments. Um, Charles says, wow, this show is deep. I'm amazed that you two would even want to be involved with this. Kudos. And I think you both have touched on why you're involved in this and why you feel it's so important. Um, we also had a Brent to saying, I had no idea 
Sheldon is saying, I'm actually kind of ashamed to grow up with no family issues whatsoever. No need to be ashamed, Sheldon. What you are is blessed, so pay it forward anytime you can. Larry says, wow, Jake is my goodness. Lisa sending an astonished face. So, yeah, guys, (laughs) real talk meets real life. And, unfortunately, real life is hitting several of these kids real hard real soon and 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 it is it is unfortunate and i think it is a good opportunity when you hear things like this to just take note and count your blessings to understand just how no blessed you are i mean we all have yeah. difficulties struggles time to time um you know kids kids are just so delicate and they're dealing with so much, whether it's divorce, whether it's situations like Cindy and Kaylin are talking about, um, you know, kids in suburbia, they're committing suicide at as fast a pace as kids in what we would call a rougher neighborhood. So, I mean, just so much going out there and they do need adults. They may not want adults, but they do need us and they do need what we can give to them. Um, This next question is from Charles. He wants to know, what is the goal for you guys being involved? And I think you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, why don't we just blow this out a little bit further? What is the goal? Or what should be the goal of adults looking to maybe get involved in something like this? Because this is not about helping us feel better about ourselves by any means. So if that's kind of what you're getting out of getting involved, you're probably not in the right group here. There might be something else out there you can do to get involved to make yourself feel good. But what, what is the goal here for working with these kids? What are your goals? So for me, I I think, you know, like you're right. I think that working with kids is not a short-term obligation. It's kind of a long-term deal in some cases. Like I'm in it for the long haul, and we really want to try and help kids grow, like I said, mind, body, spirit. So how can we make them better, stronger, faster in all areas of their life? So really just trying to keep them on a positive trajectory, trying to help them deal, you know, with the stressors. But you know, really, I think for me, it's just um, helping them to see that that there are different alternatives, you know, and and I think that's, you know, one of the things that I think is most important is just exposing them to, to a different way. All right. Kaylin? Yeah. Um, how do you start with this one? Because this is a... Uh... It, it's it's an understanding that these children are going to be adults. They're the next generation. And if you don't pour good into them, there's a drug dealer, there's a gangbanger, and there's somebody that's willing to pour bad into them more than readily yeah. because they know that there, there are certain laws that don't apply to children like it does to adults. And they will use them until they're done. I mean, literally done. So if, if we're not getting involved, then somebody else is. And then that somebody else is somebody that will abuse them, whether it be mentally or physically or both. There's there's people out there that don't see them as human. They see them as a tool. And so, you know, if, if you're not uh, doing your best to, to add to their lives, then someone's there ready to subtract from every day that they 
can be a kid because kids only get to be kids for so long and then they become adults. And I think that's the part that, that really affected me is that if we don't, we don't become latchkey adults to these at-risk kids, then we don't open the doors for them. We're, we're pulling the mat out from underneath them. And I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I, I'm the guy that has to stand before my Lord and Savior and answer why I told Cindy no. If I had told her, you know, I don't want to be involved. You know, this is above my my thinking, and I don't want to do all those things. I mean, I just saw it as an opportunity from God to do the part that he asked me to do. When he said, you know, when when, when I was hungry, you know, did, why didn't you feed me? And they said, well, when were you hungry? And then he said, when I was that person that was hungry and, and, and came to your house and you didn't feed me, or when the, you had the widows there and you didn't help them address them, and when you had the children that were that were suffering and you did nothing for them, I have to answer for that. And that reminds me of when I was growing up and all the people that were there for me, and I would be more than ashamed to sit there and say, you know, I'm not going to pass on, and like they said, pay it forward to the, the kids that didn't know me because the people that helped me, a lot of them didn't know me, but they still poured into me some kind of knowledge and some kind of wealth for my mental or physical well-being, they were there. And then I sit there and say, well, I'm not going to do it for the next generation, even though I don't know them, knowing that there were people, hundreds, I mean, I could count hundreds in, in my mind that were there to, to readily help and, and, and be there and, and, and be there for, you know, just, just to be there. I mean, sometimes just having somebody in your corner is enough. You don't have to do, feed, give, nothing. Just be there. There's, there's a protection in an adult being at your side for a child that you can't put a price on. And, and just knowing that they're in a safe environment, oh, my goodness, it, 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 you can't imagine what that feels like for a child who's always at risk in their minds. They might not be as threatened as they think, but just that sense of security in itself is just enough to keep them sane, to keep them from going off the deep end, and to keep them from doing something stupid, foolish, and putting their adult lives at risk. And to me, that's enough. That's enough to keep going. Yeah, I mean, Amen we, sometimes, to that. we sometimes say in the, in the hood, basically, that it's really nice that pastors march downtown to City Hall, but if we had a pastor on every corner with the Bible as opposed to a drug dealer on every corner with a bag of weed, we'd probably be in a lot different situation. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that I do think people say they want to help, but it's really hard to do, right? Everyone has their own time and their own place and their own families and their own jobs. And so it is really hard to get involved. And I appreciate that. Um, You know, I, 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 this is my job. So, you know, I have to do it, but I think it is hard for people in the audience to try and, you know, figure out how would I ever make an p- impact or how would I make a difference. And I, I do think it's as simple as we got invited to go to the natural bodybuilding show. Someone comped us some tickets and, you know, we took the kids and they loved it. They had so much fun and they felt important. Like people came up and shook their hand and said, hey, bud, you know, how you doing? Or put them up on their shoulder and took pictures with them. I mean, it felt like it was a really big deal for them to get invited and feel special at that event. So I do appreciate the Windy City Natural for doing that. That was really awesome. And it was the first time. It's just 
different stuff. Like if, you know, if you, if you, if you just part-time work out and you're an engineer somewhere and you say, you know what, I think I have a, a, a internship available for a kid in my neighborhood or, you know, think about ways that in your own careers, if you are just part-time bodybuilders and you're not working in a gym, if you have a real job, there's also ways to just expose people to other parts of your life or invite them to come to church. You know, there's like tons of ways that people can get involved. I think it really is just um, trying to be transparent to say that no, that no small deed goes unnoticed. No, no little small seed unplanted, you know, doesn't set something into the future that may not have happened without all of you guys out there kind of caring and being available to a kid. So I wouldn't underestimate your power even just showing up once, you know, it's just, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And I I would just add to that. So even if this does seem daunting, what they're talking about, Cindy is right. It can be simple. I would put out there though. I mean, your first ministry, if you have children is to your children. Yeah. So you know, you you got to make sure that your home front is solid before you can be good for someone else's child. So if 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 you can do nothing else and you're running with your hair on fire like most of us, take an inventory and just slow down and make sure that you're doing what you need to do for your child to make sure that they are rock solid and that they're going to grow and, you know, be rock solid for their children and hopefully continue to reach out to other children who are in that spot. And sometimes just keep your eyes and ears open. Um, You know, if your kid is solid, but they have friends who are not, don't be afraid to try and reach out to those kids, engage those kids, have conversations. I can't tell you how many kids have spent the night in our basement. And sometimes it's like, you know, I'm like, do their parents not care that they're not coming home? Because sometimes they would be in our basement two nights, three nights in a row. Um, and they don't always have good home lives. And I live in the middle of Des Moines, Iowa. So I'm clearly right. not in inner city Chicago, right? And so there are opportunities all around. And if you don't have kids, you know what? You, If you look, if you ask, you'll find one. You'll find a family. You'll find someone who needs help. Um, this one is from Nancy. She says, I'm sure that Chicago isn't the only place where this kind of thing is happening. Isn't there some kind of program for each and every community with at-risk kids? I'm in tears listening to this show. Um, Cindy, I'm sure you and Kaylin know of uh, other resources. I know, you know, the Boys and Girls Clubs um, come up with a lot of at-risk kids. Um, If you look for before and after school programs, oftentimes, you know, even that are being funneled through the public school system, they're going to have at-risk kids in their funnels, Um, you know. It's if, if nothing else, Boys and Girls Clubs seem to be everywhere or organizations that are like them, you're going to find at-risk kids in those places if there aren't, like, programs, like, specifically where Cindy works. Um, Cindy, other thoughts? No, I think that's right on. I think park districts, um, you know, are – if park districts offer programming at your park, uh, then Boys and Girls Clubs, YMCAs, um, you know, we have a lot of, you know, we have the James Jordan Boys and Girls Club and we have the Major Adams Community Center. So there's two right in our neighborhood. The, you know, yeah. a lot of churches also offer out of, out of school time programming during the summer vacation Bible schools. There's all kinds of things um, like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right on. There's every community has this. And I think that just on another thought that I had with kids parenting their own kids, we, we believe, too, that kids will come to us and tell us things at the community center that they might not tell their own parent. 
And just this whole yeah. thing with social media is just be aware that if you give a kid a phone, it's still your phone. You can look at it anytime you want, and you should definitely, like most of us, uh, my husband used to get mad when I would stoop on my daughter's phone. I'm like, look, it's my phone. I pay for it. But a lot of the issues and concerns that are coming up nowadays for kids are on social media. So it's really, um, you know, I think you guys are absolutely on target to say you have to just take care of your own kids first and really just be aware of what they're doing because they could get caught up in the wrong thing by accident. And you just don't know. We had um, – couple of kids who came to the community center and most of our families have child locks on their phones, but one kid didn't and they actually had looked at inappropriate content. So I had to call all the parents together. Um, and that parent felt like really horrible that they didn't just put a lock on the phone because other kids were exposed to things that were really inappropriate and they didn't quite understand, but luckily we caught it. And again, it's just being present, right? If we weren't present, we wouldn't, we yeah. would have missed it and that would have gone undiscussed. But um, I think, you know, it is difficult. There's just not enough time in the day, really, for all of us to do what we want to do. Yeah, that is true. And there is so much out there that needs to be done. So I would say don't overwhelm yourself, guys. Just pick one thing, even if it's small, and try that. Kaylin? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's there's all kinds of things going on that deal with children, but Find the people that are passionate in what they do. I mean, Cindy's a very special person because she's passionate about what she's doing. And like I said, the kids aren't fooled. There's plenty of programs that seem like they might work, but because the wrong people are in charge, a lot is failing because the passion isn't there and the children are not stupid. I, I don't know. I don't know why people think because you you put all this blitz and glamour in front that the children are going to be wild. Yeah, they're going to jump in if there's food involved because they're hungry. They're going to be, uh, if you're giving out stuff, they're going to want to take it because they're not used to getting anything. But if you want to keep them coming back and understand that they matter, not just, you know, something where you have a news outlet stopping in with a camera and, and, and microphone and talking to them and have them smile for the camera, but basically let them know that they matter. I mean, that's one of the things that we stress whenever we're involved with the kids, Carly, AJ, myself, Cindy, is that they have value, not look at me doing this for you, because that's what the kids are used to seeing, and get involved in their lives. Like you said, if if we're going to be true mentors or or true parent-like individuals, then you have to treat those kids like your children, and if you don't see them that way, then you're missing the point. Because they see you as an adult that really is is a factor in their life, and if you strip that hope from them, they will be crushed. So if they if they try to believe in you and then you they can pull the rug from under them, you've damaged them even more. So now they go into even darker circles. So you know we we have to be very careful and very mindful of of being an adult at all times, and and learn to be that in our lives, not just when the lights are on or basically when we're around those kids. But in every facet of what we do, if we're going to, like, like Cindy said, and it was a great point, because we are focused and we can be balanced and we can be disciplined, we can apply that to when we're dealing with them, not just in the gym, but when we leave the gym. It's still a part of who we are. My diet can't change because I'm at work and I'm at home. It's going to be the same. I have to be that same individual. My, my, my mentality as, as approaching the gym or the, uh, approaching the client has to be the same 
It has to be disciplined and structured. And these are the things that we go about every day. I think I put a post on Midwest Muscle where I said, you know, if, if we're not in practice of what we're doing, how can we teach? And if, if because we, we there's there's all kinds of cliches, but the kids have heard them all, and they're tired of that crap. They want to see reality in us living what we think. And I'll just pass it back after that because I'm getting on a rant. <laughs> That's okay, Kaylin. I think like we've said before, if you don't get off on at least one rant, it would not be P4P Real Talk. <laughs> it would be something else. And so, you know, this is who we are. We know it's there. And we love yes, it. We piece you, of it. So, Cindy, <laughs> for folks in your area, um, you know, they want to get involved. So you re- you referenced the Windy City Natural earlier, and that show is promoted by Brian McCabe, and he provided the tickets. He's invited the kids to his gym. I know you guys have done a visit there. He's provided snacks and so on and so forth. So in your area, if someone would like to get involved, either in volunteering with the kids or providing an opportunity for the kids, and if you guys already covered this, I apologize, but we'll repeat it again because it's good stuff. How do they get a hold of you or how do they get connected with your organization? Yeah, exactly. I Like I would say, if you guys want to just like our Facebook page, I can put a link. Wherever you guys get links from, I can try and give Kaylin the link to our Facebook page. Um, and then uh, also I gave out my, my email, but I would love to get emails if you guys are wanting to get more engaged. And if, if I don't have um, I mean, I'm pretty connected all over the city, actually, because of my connections. When I worked for the Chicago Housing Authority for 10 years, I actually used to oversee their whole entire social service program. So I was the, the assistant director of resident services. So I know a provider pretty much in every neighborhood <laughs> that, that, like, was a former public housing neighborhood. So, you know, um, I could give out my email address again. It's just my first name, Cindy, and my last name is Blumenthal, but my my um, email address is cindyb at nearwestsidecdc.org. So, yeah, I mean, that's the two ways that are probably the best way. Not so much my phone. I'm not a big phone person because I'm usually in a meeting or out. So I typically will, uh, you know, respond by email because I could get my email, you know, and quietly respond if I'm doing something else. Gotcha. 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 Well, we are down to the last couple minutes here. Kaylin, any last thoughts on tonight? Well, I know the kids might not like Snickerdoodle as much as I do, but they still get healthy from having it. <laughs> well, if I ever have a chance to uh, get to Chicago and participate in an event, we will do a taste test and see who prevails, Snickerdoodle or chocolate. I have I have my Wendy brothers. Who is going to win? But we'll just we'll just leave it at that. So, and I'll I'll consider that your snickerdoodle shout out right there. There <laughs> so you go. With all that being said, Cindy, thanks so much for taking the time well, thank to you yeah, thank you. join us. Yep, and educate and just share your experience and uh, hopefully give folks a little more, you know, guidance and or food for thought on ways that they can help change lives in their community as well and um, beyond that on behalf of Cindy excited children out there everywhere who want to meet you need to meet you Kaylin the boys from P4P Muscle myself your body is a temple so let's build it 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 